Is this thing on? Okay. That's my transition. Because <clears throat> I'm, I'm aiming for totally scrappy, you know, presentation because everything's too nice on, the, on YouTube now. Yeah, so, right. <laughs> like, you spend 10,000 quid, you know, just to get nice lights in the backgrounds and a bomb ass camera. And, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Ah. In, a, in a studio and all that. Yeah. I know, yeah. Spend a lot of money. I know. And then they spend 10 minutes talking shite. Maybe, yeah. maybe I don't know. Have we started the show? <laughs> That's the other thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Part of the aesthetic. I don't know when I've started or I want to finish. I say, uh, did you watch the whole one with Mark? Uh, no, I didn't yet. It was, a bit, it was a bit Joe Rogan length. It was like a hundred minutes. But oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It's funny though. Even when I was editing it, I was laughing. Like the yeah. time. <laughs> you know, it's actually quite light and it rolls along, you know. So welcome to another episode of Treesway. Um, we're going to talk about songwriting. We're going to talk about our love of music. We're going to talk about listening to music. That's what the show is all about. Um, I've got a great guest today. Uh, we've got Lee and um, I'll tell you all about him in a second. But the first thing I need to get out of the way is uh, in episode 101 with Mark, we were actually having a conversation about menage a trois in French. I neglected to ask Tim, our French guest last week, um, and he informs us reliably that they don't say menage a trois, they say plan a trois. Excuse my French accent. Uh, so there's a mystery, uh, mystery revealed, uncovered. I'm sure the French have a word for that. All right, so back to the show. Um, so like I said, we've got a guest, Lee, and we're going to listen to a couple of my tunes because we're too cheap to afford anybody else's. And um, Lee hails from uh, Sydney, Australia. That's right. That's like the Americans in it, Sydney, Australia, not Sydney, you know, North Carolina. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, I mean, I, I generally just say Sydney because most people know where Sydney is. Yeah, but we had yeah. that conversation didn't we when we was um yeah um what was it uh i remember that eagles that, of death metal yeah 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 uh, after eagles say, of death metal they always say los angeles california yeah yeah, yeah right americans are always to what? chicago illinois and it's like oh right there's other chicago's i guess i don't know <laughs> well, i suppose the band <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um yeah so you're from the suburbs of sydney is that correct that's right yeah that's right that's right okay uh, so um what counts as being a suburb then in Australia? How many kangaroos per square mile? <laughs> Man, where I grew up, there was actually quite a bit of bush nearby. So there was, actually, we saw more wallabies, to be honest, than kangaroos ah. around there. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I thought wallabies were only natives of uh, New Zealand. Wallabies? No, only Australia. Oh, okay. Yeah. But don't they have them in New Zealand now? No, no, no. New Zealand. Only, only Australia oh, has right. kangaroos and wallabies. Oh, right. Wow. Mm-hmm. See, that's what I want. I'm doing this show so I can learn important facts. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I wouldn't know the population of the suburban area that I grew up in. I mean, Sydney's about 5 million these days. Uh -huh. So I guess uh, maybe even half a million if you, the whole region, the whole district, I guess. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And um, and Tim spent, um, you know, Tim. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. He He lives in Australia for some time. Six years. Oh, yeah, I've never oh. met a yeah, I've never yeah, I've never met a French person that actually kind of has an Australian accent. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, but six years shearing sheep—that's pretty. That's commitment. Isn't yeah, it? right. He <laughs> should have. Maybe he'd have more work in New Zealand. Yeah, <laughs> he'd still be there. 
Um, so, uh, right. The, I've totally forgotten how to do this show. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> what I'm meant to do next. Uh, where's my assistant? Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, let's just jump straight into it. Cause I think, you know, what yeah. we, you want to talk about. I know what you want to talk about. I know what I want to talk about and you know what I want to talk about. We both know what each other w wants to talk about. Let's yeah. talk about your, one of your favorite guys, the man in the background there. Why don't you tell yeah. us about your love of D um, David Jones? David Jones. Duncan yeah. Jones. Is it? No, no. Yeah. It's, it's David Jones, isn't it? Not Duncan Jones. No, it was David Jones, right? Yeah. Maybe David Duncan Jones. I'm not sure. Uh -huh. I can't remember. He, ha he has a middle name. He had a middle name, I'm sure. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, wow. I, I don't know. Like, I, I put this up as the, the backdrop because it's 50 years since Ziggy Stardust, which is incredible, oh, wow. right? Wow. 19, 1972. That was a great year for music. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like uh, David Bowie, I guess, I mean, I would have heard on the radio growing up in Australia for sure because he was he was big everywhere. Uh, yeah. But I guess maybe some more of his 80s things because I, I grew up, I was born in 81. Uh-huh. That sounds. Yeah. That's 81, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, I think it is, oh, right? Really connection there. So yeah. have, you, have you, maybe, you know, maybe um, did your mom meet him? No, <laughs> no. She, I'm trying to put she, that as, as diplomatically as I could. <laughs> no, then we'd be talking ACDC. You know, ACDC is from Sydney, and my mum went to and saw them in a, like a school concert when she was a teenager before oh, wow, they were yeah. famous. Yeah. yeah, but not David Bowie. Um, I, I guess David Bowie is just iconic, right? Because uh, he, I guess, in a way, he invented pop music but made it cool. And oh, that's had, quite a statement. He invented pop yeah. music. Yeah, well, I don't know, maybe the Beatles did, but um, he reinvented it, right? He, he, he with with Bowie, he had the the fashion as well, and the characters, and and the different genres he went through, and he changed his personality or his character's personality in a way. Yeah, <clears throat> and and I think it had a huge influence on a, on a lot of uh, artists these uh, up to today, right? Mm. Um. Yeah, certainly in terms of being a persona, hmm. you know, twenty four seven to extremes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he he was the he was ahead of the game on that one. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so um, so it's yeah, it's been fifty years. Okay. Yeah. Pushing through the market square. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that intro with the drums. Yeah. I, I just I want to copy that for almost every single song I do. <laughs> just easing it into into the album it's right just, it's amazing yeah, it's, just, it's so e you know something special is going to happen when the first time you hear that don't yeah you no know, like yeah okay yeah you know like and it just like the curtains opening at the same yes time. exactly and it just slowly builds builds yeah and then it just the whole album man like um just thinking about it Woo. yeah I, I mean you know he brought out i was looking into it and he brought out from I guess his debut album, David Bowie, was 67. And then pretty much every year he was bringing out albums, right? Mm -hmm. From uh, Hunky Dory, Ziggy Stardust, Aladdin Sane. It was like year after year. It's incredible the music that he produced. You know, bands bands and artists don't do that these days. They, they're um, lucky to put out one album every three, four years now, you know? Yeah. Um, I think back then you had to, you know, like um, I remember Paul McCartney saying, 
when they were working on Sergeant Pepper, which took something crazy like eight weeks, <laughs> um, <laughs> he was reading the music press and they were saying, oh, Mr. McCartney's being a bit quiet. And Paul's like, just you wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, because they had to do some an album, uh, and the album also wouldn't have singles on. Yeah. So yeah. The, the singles had to keep coming out. Uh, and then the albums, like, because, uh, you know, um, say it's definitely with the Beatles, you know, so. Mm. Uh, DDD, um, I'm the Warus and Strawberry, yeah, Strawberry Fields is, Fields, um, yeah. and uh, I because I've got a song called Strawberry Lane, and now I'm confusing myself, <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> okay. Strawberry Lane, Strawberry Fields, yeah, yeah. oh wow, you know, um, <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, as and I, I, for years, because you know, back in the day, um. You, you had to basically buy uh, either have the records yourself, and I had tapes because yeah. I was a kid, um, yeah. or um, you know get a, a music collector magazine um, to know the the, the the discographies. And I always thought Hunky Dory was after Ziggy because it seemed more sophisticated. Yeah, yeah, that's true. The way it is, you know. But um, yeah. yeah. So and I was like, bloody hell! And then I found out it was like just a month or two before, you know. Yeah. It's crazy. And and then before that was The Man Who Sold the World, right? Which is yeah. like this bluesy rock kind of yeah. album. Yeah. So he, he changed the genre. It was incredible, the music that he produced and the, how different it all was. Mm -hmm. so, like Ziggy Stardust is, for me, my favourite uh, Bowie album. I think, I think just every song, I listen to every song and every song is amazing. And when I collect uh, vinyls, right? So mm -hmm. I, I remember a few years ago, we were in London at Camden Town, of course, looking for vinyls. And Hedda, my wife, actually, I, I told her to go somewhere else. And you search here. I want two albums. I want Ziggy Stardust and I want uh, Dark Side of the Moon. And I managed to find Dark Side of the Moon. And then I met back up with Hedda. And she's like, I think I saw Ziggy Stardust. Are you sure? Really? Yeah, it was like 10 pounds. Really? Where was it? <laughs> and she explained it. She described it. It's like he's in a alleyway like standing yeah that's that's it that's it so i went back to the place yeah and 10 quid i i got ziggy stardust <laughs> sweet so like yeah. it's the original vinyl nice and thick piece yeah. of plastic yeah 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 gateful sleeve on it yeah it's yeah. Sleeve. yeah yeah sweet nice um <laughs> all right so i'm gonna you know i i had the things in order but i'm not really an ordered kind of person well, yeah yeah no worries. No, I'm not being paid. Um, so, um, <laughs> do you know about Ken Scott? Ken Scott, no. I'm All right, not. okay. I'm going to blow your mind. Ken Scott was the producer for Ziggy Stardust, okay, Hunky Dory, um, Elton John's hits, Super Tramp. Where's the list? Uh -huh. um, Walk on the Wild Side, Lou Reed. You Lou know, Reed. Uh, which which uh, which Bowie also, yeah. which Bowie also had a finger in 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 that, right? Yeah. Um, let me have a look. Um, Mahavishnu Orchestra, I don't know if you know them, but mm -hmm. that is quite different. Mahavishnu Orchestra is like heavy metal jazz back in the early 70s. Oh, wow. Okay. On. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's going to be in the show notes because I I, I tried to share the word of Mahavishnu Orchestra. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and I'd love to t meet someone to have a big two 200 hour yak about them. But um, <laughs> well, what did he do? Uh, he also did. Uh, where's the list? Jeff Beck. Stanley oh, yeah. Clark, Billy Cobham, who was in my Vishnu, um, uh -huh. Harry Nilsson, you know, Nilsson Schmilson. Uh -huh. yeah. Um, yeah. And he cut his teeth when he was 16 as a second engineer for the Beatles on the White Album. Wow. 
That is a CV. Wow. That's and then incredible. he did Devo, you know, the Whip It Into Shape album. Devo? Yeah. Do, yeah. Do, 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 do. <laughs> uh, and then he made the mistake of trying to um, be a manager for missing persons. And, um, uh -huh. you know, that took him out of the loop, I think. But um, uh -huh. that was a bloody good run. You know, it's like... Yeah, right. And if you start listening to all those albums in the 70s, you're like, you can actually hear a kind of texture that they all share regardless. Even my Vishnu Orchestra, which is going to be as different from Harry Nilsson as you can get. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a kind of... Uh, I know he had his own... Because it was tape. Um, he had his own way of mixing, so he would do things in sections on his own. He didn't want anyone around. So he was a chain smoker. So he cut the tracks. And you know how David Bowie recorded the tracks, yeah? No, no. All right. So um, almost all his vocals, maybe all of his David Bowie's vocals are one take, one take. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's If you see interviews, with, particularly with the drummer, because the drummer was a bit miffed, <laughs> because <laughs> David would come in and he'd expect to say, here's the song, but the boom, bada bing, you know, Mick Ronson would like show them, you know, yeah. sheets because he wrote all the scores for the strings and all the arrangements. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like David would get a bit snar snarly, like, you know, if he didn't have it down. And David just comes screaming in, like, with the vocals. And if you if you think about that, those vocals are hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's so much going on. Yeah. You know, like, because <laughs> he, he doesn't keep it static, does he? It, his music was back in the 70s was so dynamic. He'd start, you know, with a whisper like in quicksand and then boosh. And then, yeah, take it off. Yeah. yeah. So all one takes. Yeah. And That's Ken incredible. What the people say? I mean, Ken Scott said it. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he was unique, wasn't he, Bowie, in many ways? <laughs> well, as he says, he, he knew when to stay in and he knew, knew when to go out. <laughs> <laughs> but he definitely, you know, because he, he must have worked his ass off, you know. Um, yeah. And of course, back then, I think. Uh, people did a lot more live performance, so that really keeps mm. your pipes in order. You know, I've yeah. had a couple years break, and I'm like, I have to start all over again in a way. You know, with yeah. intonation, um, yeah. with the power. Um, so, um, yeah, yeah. So we, you know, keep going. Um, so that's Ken Scott. Yeah, definitely. I'll put it in the show notes. It, to check him out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He sounds, um, sounds interesting. His autobiography is pretty interesting too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that would be a good biography to read. Yeah. Um, I'm going to grab it. Hold on. Okay, with the power of editing, I'm back. Yeah. Ooh, okay, try and trick the camera into showing it. Yeah. Uh, uh -huh. Abbey, Abbey Road to... Yeah, hold on. Uh... <laughs> wow, it's too trippy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. How's that? To Ziggy, Abbey Road to Ziggy Stardust, yeah. Yeah, Ken Scott. <clears throat> yeah, Ken Scott, I'm okay. He's definitely an engineer because <laughs> he's yeah. got that, there's a kind of flat personality with that skill set, to be honest. You know, <laughs> you, I couldn't do that job listening mm. to loads of shitty takes from mostly shitty bands. Like he was unique that he had some mm. talent. But, uh, you know, I would never want to do that for a living. Mm. Did, did you ever see Bowie? Um, <laughs> no. Um, no, no, I didn't start going to concerts till I was in my late teens. So, um, mm. and it, he was a bit naff then, to be honest, I only like him in the seventies. Okay. Um, I tend, as I mentioned to Mark, I tend to, um, only like people for the first few years of their career. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm kind of similar. Like when I think about some of my favorite bands, it's the first few albums and then it's like, ah. yeah, yeah. I, like some people have an amazing run like David. 
you know, yeah. 10 years yeah. or so. Like, let's say 13 years, because I, I quite like Let's Dance. Yeah, um, Let's Dance um, is good. I was trying Actually, to... Modern, Modern Love is one of my favourite Bowie songs. All right, yeah. <laughs> um, I was trying to get that there's a really interesting echo on his vocal on Let's Dance. Mm -hmm. and I was trying to copy it in one of my mixes. And I don't know how they did it. I'm just trying to, oh, maybe they did this, maybe they did that, you know. But mm -hmm. it's, that was really inspirational because it's kind of a sophisticated echo, but it it leaves, you can hear it, can't you? You can hear that echo, but yeah. there's still a lot of space for the vocal. That's that's, that's true. That's really good mixing. And yeah. that's now Rogers who produced that, yeah. I, forgot. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he engineered it. Um, but the bloody snare, man. I'm trying not to swear in the show. But the snare, boom. The snare is banging, isn't it, on the whole album? Um, yeah, it, it is. It's, it's quite different. Like I, I, I as well. I prefer Bowie's '70s stuff, like for sure. But when it comes to yeah, the, the more '80s stuff, "Let's Dance" is is amazing. It's it's incredible. I'm the first three songs: "Modern Love," "China Girl," "Let's Dance." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> "China Girl" is a cover, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, pop. Yeah, but that was from the Idiot, which Bowie produced. Uh huh. All right. When they when they live together in Berlin. Uh huh. Right. So that brings up Velvet Goldmine. Have you seen that movie? I have not. No. <gasps> wow. Well, I, I'm making some notes. Right. Velvet Goldmine. Oh, yeah. I always forget names. It's got two of them. It's got Christian Bale, and uh -huh. uh, who's the Obi Wan Kenobi actor at the moment? Uh, Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Both of them. Ewan McGregor is Iggy Pop. And Christian Bale is this journalist following David Bowie like character around the guy who's in the the Henry VIII movies uh, series, uh, yeah. yeah, that very pretty boy. But none of the songs are Bowie's because he didn't license them. So there's you know other glam stuff on there by other people, mm -hmm. you know, other bands and stuff. But um, it's pretty gay. It's really really gay. And at the yeah. end, spoiler alert, um, the film ends with. Um, you McGregor shagging Christian Bale, you know, yeah, you know, uh, well, I mean, on the top of a building, uh, and the cameras <laughs> just go around. It's like, and, and they got so much makeup on, and that it looks, it's mental. It's a really bizarre film. Um, I forgot. I think it's Todd Haynes actually who might have done. Okay. It. Yeah. Well, there's always this talk about if they were a kind of a couple back in the day, right? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, David. Um, yeah. David was definitely batting for yeah, everybody. <laughs> on both sides, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, Velvet Goldmine. Um, and, of course, there's that, that's a B-side, isn't it, from one of his tracks? Yeah, you, it's an extra. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you know it? No, I don't. All right. I, don't. Um, no. I think it's a B-side from, some, from something off um, yeah. Black, uh, Black Country Rock. Yeah, it's, it's, okay. it's off the same album. Uh, but you might get it as an extra on the album if you buy the CD or something. Um yeah, it's okay track. It's not amazing, but um, yeah, uh, definitely a B side. I miss the B sides thing. I really do because yeah, B sides are good. How can they? You know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it's yeah exactly. And as B sides, always things that usually the record label says no, you can't re you can't uh, release that. You can't put that on the album. You know, yeah. so yeah. it's a bonus. <clears throat> when uh, I was really into Super Furry Animals, yeah, <laughs> and um. I had all their B-sides. I had all the singles and cause the B-sides were, you know, just as crazy as the rest of the stuff, you know, and I yeah. just couldn't get enough of them at the time. And the cult had loads of great B-sides too. Okay. Uh, yeah. I remember in the nineties often, maybe in the eighties, but when there was CDs, 
particularly they used to have the the hidden tracks right so you oh, leave really it on amazing. yeah and you just and leave it the on and then, album, it's like ah, yeah <laughs> the, one, one of my favorite australian bands growing up powderfinger my favorite album of theirs uh double allergic they have at the end i think four hidden tracks like at the end and they're oh, such that. good songs one of them is one of my favorite songs of theirs and they they used to play it sometimes live as well uh-huh. all right um the you with vinyl, um, some people actually managed to do hidden tracks on vinyl. Mm-hmm. I think satanic. So there's a guy called Porky. He was a scouser, and he was a, he was a cutter for um, for vinyl. You know, so the way records were made, you'd have the acetate, and he would cut the acetate from the master mm-hmm. um, using some kind of black magic, and uh, and that would be what the prints of what you've got, for example, would you know yeah. your vinyls would come from this. Uh, the mm-hmm. and he'd write Porky in the middle. So he did all the Led Zeppelin ones. So if you get a Led Zeppelin vinyl from the seventies, it'll say Porky. You know, yeah, really, on the inside, yeah, the blank bit. Yeah. Okay, yeah, uh, I do uh, have another Porky's prime cut. They would say, yeah. <laughs> "Wow, okay, yeah. I, I do have the Led Zeppelin, but not an original. Oh, it's a remastered." Um, um anyhow, I, I remember reading an interview with him, um, <clears throat> and he did um, the Monty Python one, one of the live albums. <laughs> And the the album has two nights on it, and if you put the, the he said if you put the needle in one groove you get one night, and if you put it in the other you get another. I haven't had this verified, <laughs> but that was that would be so epic, man. Yeah, I don't know if you'd find one of those yeah. vinyls here in in Czech. <laughs> um, well, there's a, there's a good little record store uh, by Cafe Jericho in the center of town yeah there is that small That's one where there, i got yeah. mark is joni mitchell okay. um, superfon the czech import yeah the 70s Joni okay. Mitchell. yeah i go to one at narani trida i forget the name it's a bookstore and vinyl store they have all the second hand stuff they have in the bookstore at the front they have newer vinyls and new books and at the back it's all second hand and that's where i get a lot of my stuff yeah just just uh for the listeners who don't know well uh, we're both based in prague um yeah prague czech republic <laughs> yeah. Not Chechnya, not Czechoslovakia, <laughs> Czech not Nebraska, not or Ohio, even, yeah. or even Czechia, if you prefer. <laughs> yeah, I quite like Czechia, because yeah. um, um, it irritates me when Czechs say, in Czech Republic, and I'm like, hmm. it's the, and it's like, oh, I've given up that battle. <laughs> yeah. So Czechia <laughs> split the difference. Yeah, Czechia, yeah. How, how long have you been here? Oof. One hundred and eighty-nine centimeters. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I have to live in, you know, you get sick of answering that question, don't you? But um it's like, oh, where are you from? How long have you been here? Yeah. It's, oh. yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So um I've been here twenty years almost. It's my 20, anniversary wow. in Christmas. Yeah. I came for Christmas. Okay. I'm I'm pretty much it's a long Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was uh, a hell of a New Year's Eve party as well. <laughs> In uh, Chesky Krumlov, Chesky Krumlov. Yeah. Oh, in Chesky Krumlov, nice. Chitty chitty bang bang. Before it was uh, f- full of tourists, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I'm sure I did my bit to ruin it. <laughs> Everyone does, no. <laughs> There's no no one lives in the centre anymore in Chesky Krumlov. It's just apartments and hotels. Yeah, I think uh, it's going to go that way in Prague pretty soon, though, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, economics. Mm. But, um, yeah, magical town. If people haven't been there, I'll put that in the show notes as well. Actually, I'll make a note. Yeah, yes. Uh, it, even if you're just looking at photographs, people, it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, 
<laughs> Isn't um that movie the torture movie? Uh, I don't like those kind of films. Is it called Saw? S A W. Oh, Saw. Saw. No, it's not. Yeah, Saw. I don't know. I, I know there is some yeah horror movies. Yeah, Saw. I've never and seen it's them. Meant though. to be Slovakia, but. Ah. It, it's filmed partly here and partly Czech Republic because I'm doing uh -huh. a video. I'm going to make a video going around all the Hollywood locations in Prague. Uh -huh. yeah. there, there's a lot of stuff that's been filmed here in Prague. Oh, yeah. And and often it's not meant to be Prague. It's meant to be Paris or oh. wherever else. Yeah. Or uh, Transylvania. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they stand, under, stand under the bridge, don't they, Charles Bridge? And that's like, oh, yeah. we're, in, uh, we're in Transylvania. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or Campo is uh, Amsterdam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, actually, um, when I came here, the Born Identity and Triple X and Van, uh, yeah, all those three, are just yeah, smart. that's that's true. And when I came here, I was getting deja vu. I was like, "Whoa, this all, you know, this is a bit familiar." And because of mm -hmm. you know, basically, a little part of my brain had recorded, you know, where those things <clears> are. <throat> so when Jason Bourne wakes up on the bench, he's meant to yeah. be in Geneva or Strasbourg or something. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, that's Camper. Yeah, yeah, yeah I it can is. point the bench out as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember That's watching it. Like, yeah, <laughs> and and Mission Impossible too. Oh, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. I think they did two, didn't they? They did two, two missions. Yeah, yes, yes. So the first one was mostly filmed in Prague. A lot of this Charles Bridge and everything. Yeah. Uh, and then the one where they're supposed to be in Russia. <laughs> yeah. At Red Square, it was it was filmed around Florence, around there, because they oh. they they coordinate all they cut off all the roads and everything. They closed all the roads and they actually put up signs in cyrillic as uh -huh. if they were in russia but right. it was around florence yeah. yeah you know like where they do the they did the new railway bridge or they they yeah, fixed yeah, yeah. it recently yeah so around that area uh-huh yeah <laughs> cool um so uh, back to david i think we haven't quite yeah. closed the book um, okay what what um do you know about his uh, career as a mime artist a mime artist wow Wow, this is great. I because I thought I didn't know anything about David. I thought you'd be yeah. But I know he did art and everything and and that. But and he studied things. With, but um, studied with um oh that French guy, uh, the only famous French mime artist, uh, Marcel Marceau. In the 60s. oh yeah, and really? they had a, definitely had a relationship. Yeah, in, if you read yeah. that that one of the latest biographies of him, yeah. So um, you can find on YouTube him doing uh five to eight minute performances doing stories doing mimes okay yes it's oh it's brilliant yeah, it makes you because, it makes you like mime actually <laughs> <laughs> because yes i i do it rings a bell because i i saw recently maybe a couple months ago maybe on netflix or hbo a documentary about bowie and yes when he was younger maybe it was when he was doing this but yeah i remember yeah, yeah, he was yeah. doing yeah doing something like this yeah yeah um and the if you that movie where he's on the thin white duke tour what's the what's it called um so do you see some interviews with him and then it's the concert um mm -hmm. i forgot what it's called but you, yeah, you, yeah. you some the camera's off stage so it's like you know a cross section of him on stage and he's just doing this dancing and it looks amazing man and that must be from his mime wow okay i'm gonna to have to check it out yeah. it's gonna be in the I'm show sure it's on you youtube no oh it is yeah it is yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. everything's on youtube um there's um actually everything's on youtube except me talking about sumo wrestling in 1990. yeah i was, uh, I was you on... were in 1990 you were talking about sumo wrestling on or you British were talking TV. about sumo wrestling in 1990. 
<laughs> That's the same thing twice, isn't it? Like um, uh, you were talking about it in 1990. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I I used to me and my bro were like totally like many teenage lads in certainly into Japanese stuff, and okay. there was sumo wrestling going on in the late 80s on Channel Four. Channel Four used to be kind of cool because then it would have jazz and like some because okay. I'm I used to be a massive jazz head, mm -hmm. so I'd like watch the sumo with my brother, and then the the jazz would come on like Pat Messini or Weather Report or whatever, Miles Davis, and um. Anyhow, but they changed, but they, they had this guy called Lyle Mays, <clears throat> which is interesting because that's the name of the keyboard player for Pat Matheny. Anyhow, mm -hmm. but it, it was some English guy and he spoke like a cricket announcer. Oh, John Fuji. He's like, moving in. it's good. Oh, yes. wow. oh. He, and he did the Onibashi and he knew all the Japanese terms and they would have breaks between the bouts and he would go through the rituals that they were doing, why they throw the salt <laughs> in and he would analyze different styles of throwing the salt into the into the arena <laughs> i forgot the name and you know and um how they did this they had them um, all the schools are called stables mm -hmm. <laughs> so and it's about their their regimen of eating you know to get put on the bulk and then they, they yeah yeah you know, and it was a great year because there was this guy called chiana fuji <clears throat> and uh, what, what, he was built classic like brick japanese name fuji house. yeah <laughs> Um, I forgot. Yeah, basically something from the mountain. And um, yeah. he was guy, as big as a mountain. <laughs> he he was man, but it was muscle. He like yeah. like so. There was this a Hawaiian dude called the dump truck, and he was like a big, really enormous, fat dude. And, and some of the other guys were just your standard fat sumo wrestlers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, one called uh, Asahi Fuji. He, his nickname was the Sea Slug. Anyhow, <laughs> Fuji's nickname was the Wolf. That was it. And he mm -hmm. had a black one of those black things. You know, people call them nappies, but I don't know what I forgot yeah, yeah. what called. And he looked super cool. And he just get these things like the dump truck. This guy is like thirty-two stone, and just go poof and chuck him out, <laughs> and then go. I'm done with you. <laughs> it was an amazing season, and he retired at the end, and it was a very moving experience because the you know the little ponytail they keep growing yeah. and when he retired they cut it off oh okay and he was yeah. in tears and there was a beautiful ritual and and a lot of those all the referees the, who look like little bantamweight chickens mm. yeah. they're ex sumo guys so they all lose the weight you know when mm -hmm. they retire. okay well, yeah so it's part it's part of the sport is keeping the weight on right yeah yeah um so um it was a, it was brilliant and um the um and and the guy was the the uh, Lyle Mays was uh, just so good at you know in, immersing you in that world mm -hmm. and um, and then it got popular and they got rid of him and they got Brian Blessed in. <laughs> I like Brian Blessed, but Brian Blessed is you know he, he's treating it like it was wrestling on Saturday morning. You know. <laughs> Like that's great, Brian. Uh, I love you in the Flesh Gordon movie, but um, <laughs> but um, he, he just pissed me off. So I said to my brother, I said, because there was a there was a TV show called Right to Reply, and Channel Four mm -hmm. would send a truck around the country with a little video camera in the back, and you could uh, record something. And I said, typical scouser at the time, if that truck comes into town, I'm definitely going to complain. And the next thing is said, by the way, the truck that for right to reply is in Liverpool tomorrow. I'm like, <laughs> You've got to do it. So I wrote me a little spiel. Mm -hmm. And I went down there and uh, I, I did it in one take because I was prepared. And um, like so, Bowie. Yeah. <laughs> And um, yeah, it was so. But I I keep looking now and again. Rights of reply in nineteen ninety. No, it's not there. Nah. So, so hopefully one day, maybe it's in the archives of Channel Four. 
But what was weird is that they would repeat that show because they put me on a special um, presenter's basher show. And I was followed by these little kids taking the mick out of some kids' presenter. He's like a little monkey jumping up and down. Um, and um, and then they repeated it like four years later when I'd grown my hair out and become a, a rocker. Because, you know, and um, people said, you were on telly last night. It's like, but you look quite different. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. That was, that's my only claim to fame. One hand running through your clothes The other in your hair And I'm fixing to kiss you In the place you sorely need Cause I'm so easy to love I'm so Easy to love and so Easy to love Sweet side breaks of sweat In a warm welcome room And your eyes engulfed in mine In a movement for two Cause I'm so Easy to love him so Easy to love him so Easy to love Your smile when you see me Is like the first day of spring And your kind words make me feel I can do everything Cause I'm so easy to love him so Easy to love him so Easy to love Cause I'm so easy to love him so Easy to love him so Easy to love David, yeah. So, um, no, I, I never saw him live. Um, yeah. However, I happen to have this strange uh, thing uh, that uh, I um, I actually have dreams with celebrities in them. Oh, yeah? <laughs> and it's weird because I don't care about celebrity culture. Or maybe it's just my cognitive dissonance. <laughs> but, you know, I don't follow celebrities and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And Paul McCartney keeps popping up. Paul McCartney, yeah. Okay, that's all right. David Bowie probably pops up the most. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes they will sing me a song. <laughs> and there's a song called Baby Hairs, um, which is a, a reference from, um, a, you know, one of the songs on um, Transformer by Lou Reed. And, um, but the, the song is about, council estate slags in england um but dave i had a dream where i'm driving down the motorway and um david bowie comes up next to me uh you know, and he's in a open top cabriolet because of course he would you know he's david bowie and he's got style he okay. yeah and he sang this song and he went nights for too lonely without one and only you know and that over the top dave well that's how i remember it um <laughs> so he sang the melody and the words and I woke up because I have my 
I used to have my little dictaphone. Now it's my phone right next to my bed. And I went, and then I woke up and I wrote the rest of the tune. Oh, nice. That, that's good. It's a bloody good tune. It's really good. So thank you, David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's one way to get good ideas, right? Yeah. Dreaming, I, uh, dreaming about celebrities yeah. such as Bowie. <laughs> so, so the actual verse is a bit of a homage to um, – Oh, that track unloaded um, by Volvo Underground. Um, did you, uh, you know, it's got the slow intro and it builds up, um, you know, sweet nothing. Ain't got nothing at all. Do you know it? Huh. You know, loaded. No. Um, no, not so much. No. One of the, it's one of the best um, Volvo Underground albums. It's really good. Okay. Long. There's two versions. Ah, yes, around. I know this song. Yeah, I know the song. I don't know the album. Just... So, uh, off. Yeah, there's loads of great. It's got Lonesome Cowboy Bill. <laughs> um, it's it's a really good album. Um, and um, so the so basically the the verse section of Baby Hairs, my song, mm-hmm. is um, kind of gets that groove. Um, and then I've, the the chorus is David Bowie, so it's like <laughs> <laughs> so you can put uh, some credits to David Bowie. <laughs> well, I'm afraid uh, he'll have to contact me by Ouija board. But... <laughs> David, I'm, can I'm, you sign I'm keeping here? That, I'm keeping that. <laughs> well, if that was the case, like there's half a dozen girls out there who've uh, who've got my credits on my album, particularly yeah. yeah. my, my previous album. Uh, <laughs> I wrote about eighty songs about that girl. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, David Bowie yeah, is in, literally inspirational. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's an icon. Like I, I had. I still re- regret it, but, you know, I had an opportunity to see him, right, when I was living in London. When I first moved to London, I lived in Hammersmith. Of course, because you're and, Australian. Uh, yeah. Was, <laughs> and around the corner was uh, Hammersmith. Wait, so just pause. Why yeah. for decades Hammersmith is like – I don't know, right? A little, a little like crop of Australia. <laughs> but this, but it's like Hammersmith and Fulham, like all around wow. there. Right. And, and I was there, I think, from Hammersmith to East Acton – and then I was like, I should go somewhere else. And I went to Stratford and then Camden Town. Oh. So I got away from the the Antipodean kind of uh-huh. uh, community, and and kind of, which was good. But, yeah, so going back when I uh, lived in Hammersmith for about a month or so, and, and I used to – I had just started working in this bar and, and used to come back by the, the underground and I would walk past the Apollo uh-huh. And one one afternoon, Bowie was playing, and there was one one guy like, "Hey, tickets for Bowie? Anyone want ticket for Bowie?" It was about ninety quid, and okay, for starters, I didn't know if I could trust the guy, right? Yeah, well, but, yeah, yeah. Afternoon tickets for Bowie, mm, ninety yeah. quid off a geezer in the street. I totally yeah. don't blame you, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I didn't have ninety. I spent ninety quid at the time. I just kind of moved to London a month ago and started mm-hmm. working. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, now I think about it, if I had have bought the ticket, maybe I could have seen him or maybe it would have been a dud ticket, you know, maybe it would have been a fake. So I'll never yeah. know. Yeah, London Staffo got those strange opportunities. I actually worked um, for Billboard magazine or one mm-hmm. of their offshoot magazines. Uh, it was about as sexy as Tins of Beans Weekly, honestly. It was <laughs> kind of frustrating. Um, it's like, congratulations to Mary Carey for her latest number one. It's like, oh, great. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> um but i got to see uh a lot of bands for free so i uh, went to a private show with um travis when they had oh, that travis, yeah, man okay. who alma and um yeah. they were very sterling really good yeah you know? yeah um 
And um, so Seems. Supergrass a couple of times. Okay. Uh, yeah, I love Supergrass. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, who else? Yeah, and some funny bands in the like in the afternoon. But it was interesting. Yeah, you know, kind of buzz, isn't it? You, it's London, isn't it? It's different. Yeah, yeah, different. yeah. But you know, even even back in in Australia, when I was growing up going to concerts, all the scalpers were English. All right. I don't know what it what it is. Every scalper at even concerts in Sydney, they're always English. Uh huh. <laughs> Probably had warrants out for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they weren't allowed. Because when I lived in Malaga, I lived in the Costa del Crime. Um, everybody <laughs> there was crooked as a hook. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Costa del Crime. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So, um, so, uh, so what about um, David's um, uh, career as an actor? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. He was. Uh, he popped up in a few Fantasia. Was it um, Fantasia? No, <laughs> no, that's uh, the cartoon. Fantasia. That's um, the cartoon. Uh, it's the one. Um, dance, baby, dance. Yeah, yeah that one. And, yeah. and um, and it's got um, <laughs> terrible names. Yeah, it, uh, it's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Memorable. <laughs> um, it's. Oh no, you said Fantasia. It's knocked it out of my head. I'm blaming you. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll... We can find it, you know. Yeah. Uh, I I I noticed he played. He was in something more recently. He played. He played Nikolai Tesla in something. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw that. Yeah, the illusionist. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, the illusionist. He he, sh- he showed up randomly in that. Yeah. Um, something else I saw him show. I think. Did Andy Warhol in some film? Yes, yeah. exactly. That's what I was going to say. Did you see him in any of the seventies movies? uh no labyrinth uh, okay i was thinking labyrinth. Of labyrinth. yeah yeah, yeah it was from 86. yeah he was in zoolander <laughs> i remember he i think everybody was in zoolander <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but i like i can't remember so many so many of his uh movie uh-huh. or his movie have career you seen the, the man who felt worth i haven't but he's I, an alien and that is I, perfect, recently you know it's when he was like the thin white duke kind of deal yeah um, yeah it's the perfect role for him because he was this sex alien anyhow through his whole ziggy stardust thing you know come to like sleep with so you he played him himself yeah and yeah. It, the book is brilliant and the film is excellent the the, the film is by an australian director um it's not peter weir it's nick rogue who's okay who's so if you if you don't know, know yes nicholas rogue yeah okay talk about and um so on so um yeah, so yeah, it's really it's really cool. It's quite weird, um, but um, it, it it's it's excellent. Yeah, it's that classic seventies okay. sci-fi. Yeah, it recently popped up somewhere. I think I was reading maybe something about Bowie, so I'll put it down on my watch list. <laughs> yeah. And Merry Christmas, Mister Lawrence. Okay, uh, where well, he's in a pr- Japanese prisoner of war camp. Really? And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and he's um. It, I, it makes me go, I'm getting blubby just thinking about it. It's so sad. And um, and he's basically, the, the captain of the, the camp is in love with him. Um, but, you know, because it's all like, you know, it's uh, very frustrated and so on. And yeah. it's got Beat Takeshi as this evil sergeant. You know, Beat Takeshi is in all those um, really violent gangster movies in the 80s, um, Japanese film. Nah. Yeah. Nah, maybe if I saw him. He's yeah. an interesting character. He looks like... Okay. You wouldn't want to mess with him. <laughs> he can be a stand-up comedian. Anyhow, different story. But uh, uh, Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. The music is by um oh the Japanese that another beautiful Japanese boy. Um 
Ryuichi Sakamoto. Oh my God! Thank God for that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the music is really beautiful. Really beautiful Japanese computer music kind of deal with some string section on top. Um, and it, it basically it, it, it's based once again it's based on a novel in my, and um, it the story is told from his, um, David Bobby's friend in prison and um, I think it's uh, Tim Conti and. Um, and, and David Bowie's haunted by the fact that his brother was a, a cripple and he, mm-hmm. because David Bowie's like David Watts at school, you know, super popular and, and all this kind of stuff. And he used to torture his brother and humiliate him in front of everybody. And as an adult, he's, he's haunted by that. So you have this cross section thing going on. Mm-hmm. Oh God, just get, <laughs> I have to uh-huh. <laughs> I, I did, you know, because I know he he popped up. He played minor roles and and had labyrinth and these things. I didn't realize he was actually a serious actor. Yeah. Also, yeah. yeah. And in two really good films, you know. Yeah. Um, he was a talented guy. What can we say? You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one of a kind. Yeah, I think even they describe him as one of our the greatest artists of our generation. When you're talking about music, I guess like acting, uh, art itself. Don't forget the mime. The, and the, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the miming, of course. Did <laughs> miming in their music, no? <laughs> did he ever do any audio books? Because I bet he would have been boss at reading audio books. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe Road Dahl. He could have yeah. read <laughs> right. stories. Really yeah, with well. some different voices and yeah. everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, Ringo definitely got in, into something. Oh, like Thomas that. the Tank Engine, yeah. Ringo Starr. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he played he he voiced all the characters, I think, or most of them. Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. The narrator, don't they? Yeah, so. The 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 Fed controller. Yeah. <laughs> go on, go on, do you Scouse accent? Pussy. No, <laughs> I'm not gonna try Scouse accent in front of a Scouser. <laughs> um for for your the American listeners, a Scouser is um someone from Liverpool because Scouse is this pot of stew that we're all meant to live off. And we do. <laughs> well we do. <did. laughs> Yeah, I remember going to watch a game uh, Liverpool and they had scarce pies. Uh, oh right, that's well, someone that's hit you in the face and eats your pie. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they decided to put the stew in a, in some pastry. All right, okay, but yeah. uh, it's a it, but it's a misnomer because actually that's Irish stew. So you know what? Yeah. and even scouses call it scouse, but it's Irish stew. Um, mm. Actual proper lob scouse is from a German word because I I looked it up. I was curious. So mm-hmm. lob scouse is corned beef. And uh, oh, yeah. potatoes all cooked up together in a big mash, and all the sailors, particularly from Hamburg and so on, they come in and eat that. Mm-hmm. That was a big thing. Okay. So that's the the origin of the word scouse. Yeah. Oh right. Okay. All right. The hidden cuisine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of working class England. Um, <laughs> yeah, the the real working class Liverpool, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I could uh, tell you some stories about my lot, <laughs> but uh, it's a clean show, so um, <laughs> I'll keep it. <laughs> and maybe some of those warrants are still out, you know, <laughs> statutes of limitations. Yeah. Um, so they, they um, have very slippery fingers, uh, Liverpoolians, no? Sticky, sticky, <laughs> sticky, sticky fingers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Well, you know, clearly I've proven it because I'm stealing from David Bowie. I'm stealing from yeah, exactly. I mean, even even on uh, lock, it's lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yes, one of them. Yeah, lock, the stock, it's lock, stock. Yeah. Lock, stock, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was quite sensitive about that at the time, but uh, in reflection, it's uh, 
Yeah. There was a TV show um, with Harry Enfield, a comedian, do you know? Mm-hmm. No. And um, called this, and but one of the segments was the Scousers. And okay. they were all, they all looked like Graham Sooner. So they had these perms and these mustaches, <laughs> including Kathy Burke. The, the girl. whole Liverpool team yeah, in the and 70s, they come in and go, Calm down. Don't tell me to calm down. You tell me to calm down. And basically, yeah, the sketch is the <laughs> same. Calm down, calm down. <laughs> it's, it's so true. Don't tell me yeah, to yeah. calm down. And I am like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't tell someone to calm down. No, but generally, if you're telling someone calm down, yeah, it doesn't work. No, right? no, it, no it never works. It's like, yeah, you calm down. Particularly when it's your other half. Yeah. <laughs> Just why yes. don't you see sense? Calm down. Uh, I am calm. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let me think. Um, I think I'm, just look at me now. So I think we've done a very quick clip through David Bowie's oof. Yeah. There's oof. Yeah. There's a word, you know. It was funny. Like when you told me we'll talk a bit about Bowie, I was like, okay. And, and then it just happened to be 50 years. Of Ziggy Stardust. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's amazing. It is kismet. Um, yeah. And then, of course, you know, there's uh, him and um, Mark Bolan as well. Yeah, you know? Mark Bolan, yeah. You know, and um, I love it when he does uh, Mark Bolan impersonations um, <laughs> on... Um, Where was Mark Bolan? Sold- mm, down south. Yeah. Uh, he. Um, I, I'm not much of a Bolan expert. Um, yeah. I just like, you know, what he did, and that's about mm. it. Um, he had a TV show. Oh yes, here we go. So Mark Boland in the seventies, if you had a hit, everybody would get a TV show. So Kate mm-hmm. Bush had a TV show. You of can find clips did. on YouTube. Um, you know, because she had the Wuthering Heights thing. Yeah, so other yeah, guests. Yeah. The, the Wuthering Heights is an amazing film oh, clip. <laughs> absolutely mega. Absolutely. I I still a uh, part of me is still totally in love with Kate. You know, yeah. she, she, her um, yeah. uh, what's the song called in Stranger Thing? It, it's gone back. Oh in yeah, the charts, yeah. Right? we up that hill. Yeah, yeah, running up the hill. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I kind of got, I kind of got lost after that album, to be honest. But um, for me, as usual, it's the first few albums. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, because uh, they're once again. So the, we, we could have a whole segment on that. Oh, why totally is it like people, first three yeah. albums? No, just in. In general, right? Bands, first three albums are great, and then it just, I don't know, what happens? Yeah. Um, <laughs> drugs, alimony. Money, yeah. <laughs> Getting old. Um, yeah. Not having the friendly. talent, even not having the talent, you know. Maybe, yeah. That, that's why Dylan, Joni Mitchell, Neil Young in the 70s, um, you know, David Bowie. Mm. Uh, that's, that's why those kind of artists are unique because they had such a great run, you know, 10 years, yeah. a really good run. Yeah. You're doing two albums a year plus. Yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> so, you, um, you were talking about Kate Bush. Oh yeah. So she had a show. So Mark Boland had a show, a TV show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Mark Boland and friends. And David <laughs> Bowie was a guest and you can see the clip. Oh, excuse me. Too much. I shouldn't have gassy drinks. Um, <laughs> and, um, it, you honestly, it's totally velvet gold mine. David Bowie is looking like his eyes are popping out of his head as he's looking at Mark Boland talking so softly. Hello, yeah. And um, I'm Mark Boland, and we've got David on the show. Today, got Dave. And he's going to sing New Age Daydream. And, um, or so it, was, it, it wasn't that, maybe it was five years. So, anyhow, whatever. So, David's standing on stage and Mark Boland's like jamming away with them. But the look of, it's not lost. 
it's love. He just loved Mark Boland to pieces, man. You can yeah. see it in his face. Show notes. Definitely check it out. Okay. All right. And <laughs> but guess what? So they're playing, and it's the last show. You know, is a live take at the at the end of the show. And Mark Boland's there, and then he fell off the stage. <laughs> and David Bowie's cracking up, laughing, and then they cut cut to the end of the credits, like that's the end of the show. <laughs> you can't you can't uh, script that kind of stuff. No. Uh, yeah. And he was, he played with the with Bowie for some time, or um, he was just on that show as a guest. Okay, um, all right. You know, because the classic thing about Mark Bowling is he only knew three chords, but he made them count. Yeah. <laughs> but again, you know, if you listen to Deborah or something, um, it, it, they're really inventive song, songs. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, um, and I was thinking as I was preparing for t- today's, uh, you know, talking to you, um. I'm going to be an old man. I have an old man alert and it will come up on the screen in a minute. Um, all of the genres back then, there was so much invention. And yeah. now on YouTube, it's like the six most popular chord sequences and why they work. It's like, don't do them. <laughs> Find yeah. all the bloody chord sequences for yeah. Christ's sake. Yeah. You know, do something fresh. Give us a surprise. Yeah, exactly. It, it's, it's like uh, going back to ABBA, right? ABBA used mm. the same chords and and keys and everything because it was popular and it's yeah I've got great you know I've got you know yeah. I've got nothing against that but mm. um the you know I think they came from more show tunes backgrounds yeah um, you know keyboard oriented stuff yeah I mean uh, I mean don't get me wrong I don't you know it was very catchy music right it was really honestly really it was genius those yeah. are really 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 good songs yeah yeah but the thing is I mean you can hate like I, I wouldn't go out of my way to listen to ABBA but the thing I do appreciate about appreciate about ABBA is that they wrote and did their own music, right? Yeah. How many yeah. artists today? Artists are just the face of the product, right? Oh, There's people yeah. doing the music, writing things for them. It's rubbish. It's like back to the the fifties. Yeah. Um, you know, where basically someone is a product. You know, like yeah. like Elvis Presley, for example. Yeah. Um, yeah. And. You know, I like fair enough. You know, I've got to the point where I don't get sweaty about it anymore. It's not for me. You know, stay away. Mm. Yeah. Happily, I've got my earbuds. I, you know, I yeah. don't have to hear it in the supermarket. Um, it, yeah, it's just not for me. And, and I like my, I like the thing I like, and I contribute to that with my art. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah. it, really. You know. Um, so, but if, you know, if six people can write a great song, you know, like Holland Dozy or Holland or whatever, some of those great soul stuff, stuff <clears> the <throat> Tim Alley <throat> stuff was, was <clears throat> excellent too. Um, but I think it's inventiveness and and curiosity because you can't have inventiveness without being curious about music, can you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and taking exactly. a chance—that's the other thing. I think people have got really safe. Yeah. Yes. All of the yes. genres, even so-called indie, it's super safe. Yeah. And it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me off. it pisses me off a lot. For sure. For sure. Like you, you can tell the, the difference between, uh, again, the first few albums. You know, a, as an example, Falls, right? You know, Falls. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Their first album, Antidote. Man, what an album. Amazing. The second album, also pretty good. Like pretty good. But more and of then, the uh, A little bit different, but then they got kind of more radio friendly, I guess. Uh-huh. But that, that first album, when I first heard it, I was like, wow, this is good. But again, they didn't produce anything as as unique or mm. as that first album. Anything as inventive or something new, fresh, you know. Yeah, um, I think that first album curse is that they've had forever. 
to write those songs. Yeah. yeah. Album has to be done, you know. Yeah. The Strokes, is yeah. this it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the Strokes are interesting one, aren't they? Because they kind of birthed the, the, the new indie kind of indie yes. sound. I'm yeah. not going to yeah. genre naming. But, you know, yeah. everyone's doing downstrokes on the guitar. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. years <laughs> later and they're still doing it. It's like, yeah. come on, lads. You know? Yeah, I know. But um, the, yeah, the, one, of, one of my favourite first albums is Killers. Uh-huh. Hot, hot fuss it's it's an amazing album but again now when you hear the killers new stuff it's just like uh yeah mm-hmm. um yeah i did i and i don't think it's a question of getting older i think it's it's it, the art has changed and mm. i did um one of the episodes i did a solo episode called trays two cents and i took okay. about boomers <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. And it's just an opinion piece by me that I've written, you know, and it's five minutes. It's not an hour. Um, <laughs> and, um, and I'm kind of defending boomers because, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, particularly as I'm Gen X, you know, I had to live with mm-hmm. those freak, trying not to swear, those people for a long yeah. time, you know, yeah. all my life, you know, and them going, oh, the 60s was better. Yeah, yeah. That's in Liverpool, it's like, why don't you sound like the Beatles? It's yeah, like, the Beatles. Because I'm listening to Echo and the Bunny Man. And yeah. you know, live in color, so piss oh, man, off. Echo and the Bunny Man is great. Yeah, yeah Liverpool's answer to the doors. Um, yeah. Are they from Liverpool? Echo and the oh, Bunny yeah, yeah. Man. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I didn't oh, know very that. Much. Oh, cool. oh yeah, if you hear them, if you hear them speak. <laughs> yeah. They? Okay. I've never, I've never heard them speak. I just know their music, and and they're amazing. Yeah. Um, it's like. Uh, yeah, well, there's another topic. We'll, you'll definitely have to come back and we'll talk about Sky Spans yeah. from the 80s. Um, okay. <laughs> um, so um, how did we get onto the strokes and all that kind of thing? Uh, I don't know. Oh, inventiveness. Just... Yeah, I was complaining. Yeah. Was yes, yes. Ooh, yeah, yeah. My day. Bands <laughs> aren't <laughs> so creative anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I don't, And you know, <clears throat> personally, I feel like my music, and I'm, well, you know, into my 50s, um, my music's just getting better. You know, mm-hmm. like it uh, just so a lot better, actually, significantly better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can still rock out, you know, and do those yeah. one, two, three, four, you know. And I, and I can now, and I got a broader palette and so on. <clears throat> Hopefully, I can prove that in a minute when I finally play the song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, well, um, was... you know, it's. I was going I, to I, say, I yeah, yeah, go. Sorry, I'll just try and finish my point because I don't want to end on a whinging old man note. Um, okay. <laughs> I, it's that. Creativity is number one is a lifelong thing. So it's not rock and roll or whatever. Music isn't just for kids. You can do it all yeah. your life. Um, as long as you f- love the music, you know, I love music, any music. Yes. And, and you want to have a conversation. Now, I, I call music Euterpe, which is the Greek goddess of the, the muse of music. Mm-hmm. And I need to keep her happy. And how do I do that? I give her my offerings. So I don't sacrifice goats, but, uh, <laughs> I give her, you know, every day, every day I write music. Yeah. So, yeah. I, and I give her my music to keep her happy. And in, in exchange, she keeps me inspired and loving, mm. music, you know, because there's low light times in my life where I've like oof, no creativity and those are not aren't nice places. So I got to keep, mm. keep music happy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I was going to say, because, when I was listening to some of your music, uh, there's a huge difference, say, between your new songs, right, and compared to even Subject to Change album yeah. and Intimate uh, Letters as well. Yeah. They're completely different, right? 
And, and and it can go with, I guess, I, I don't know. I, are we talking about your music now? Or? Okay, yeah. Let's, let's talk about oh, it now, yeah. <laughs> I'm with David Bowie. Like, like Even when, David Bowie to me. That's what I like. <laughs> yeah, and, and easy transition, right? <laughs> and then we'll go to someone's shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like uh, when I listened to, say, Intimate Letters, it was really, really nice, really nice songs. Thank I you. could tell maybe was it like over a breakup? Uh, or... Yeah, it was a particularly naughty girl that I got yeah. involved with. Um, but she, I met her. Um, so, uh, dear listener, Intimate Letters is my previous album, which is more folk. You would say it's more folk singer song. Yeah. yeah, look, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and that was um, so I wrote uh, 2018, I wrote 105 songs. Wow. And 2019, I wrote 160. I was just, you know, writing songs. Just all writing. The time, yeah. yeah. And like on a Saturday, I'd write 10 songs. Yeah. Wow. Um, and on this particular girl, I wrote 80 because <laughs> I've kept it all in my little book <laughs> because uh, I keep all my songs in these little, I call them black books, you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it's pink, yeah. Um, well, they're all different colors now, but back in, you know, like I've had, I've got one from when I started when I was 18, mm -hmm. you know, one of my first songs. Um, wow, that's amazing. So um, I think it's important putting this, uh, you know, writing down the words and everything. Oh, definitely, because I forget. Everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and um and some of my materials harmonically complex. <laughs> um, and uh, and also I started playing with tunings um, from around 2018. So mm -hmm. and um so I created a tuning for that album called the Hannah Tuning. Um, which is basically you get the B string and you tune it to C. Okay. All the other strings are the same. And that one change, if you play your normal chords and that's there, some of them go, eh, but some of them are like, yeah. oh, actually, wow. Sounds nice. Going on there, you know? Yeah. So even just that one little change opens up this whole vista of um, harmonic joy, you know, for, yeah. a, for a guitarist. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, the, you play guitar, don't you? Yeah uh i've been learning on and off for half my life <laughs> <laughs> you know i i pick it up and I, I i enjoy it and i play i learn some songs because i can remember chords and i can play some basic things yeah. and then i don't touch it for months and then All i right. pick it up again and and then and then by that time you forget everything not everything if you remember the chords and that but the songs yeah did you play bowie tunes um i can play space oddity oh <laughs> <laughs> but that's fun that's fun it's a fun song but I, I was gonna say about the intimate letters it kind of after i listened to it it reminded me of a bit i don't know if you like these people but you know for me no, like no, far bon, away i'm used to it a, a, like a bon Ivor or a even mm -hmm. a jose gonzalez mm -hmm. kind of feel which which i enjoyed you know i remember I remember seeing, and after that, after I listened to it, I actually put on some Jose Gonzalez because it kind of like, oh, maybe that was my, oh, it reminds me of this, so let's listen to it. And I remember at this this Pohota Festival we go to every year in Slovakia, mm -hmm. maybe eight years ago, Jose Gonzalez played there. And uh, it was maybe 11 p.m. or midnight. It was maybe too late for him because he's just yeah. one guy on the stage. Uh -huh. But I absolutely loved it. Some people are like, oh, this is boring. And at some point I had to tell people to F off because I'm like, I'm really enjoying this concert. It's, you know, nighttime. There's this one guy on the stage playing guitar, singing, and it sounded incredible. Maybe Obviously not everyone's cup of tea for 11 p.m. kind of concert, but I, I thought it was amazing and I still remember 
that really enjoying that moment. Uh huh. Yeah, that's great. That just reminded me of the first song on the Woodstock album. Um, the guy from Love and Spoonful, I've forgotten his name. Uh, mm. Do you know that album? No, no. Um, so there's two Woodstock albums. Um, yeah. The second one is okay. The first one has got The Who, Santana, okay. Jimmy, um, and... Um, Jimmy Hendrix. Got, yeah, and it's got it's got some really cool stuff. Yeah. Um, and if, and it opens up because um, the story is is that they were having technical problems because everybody's tripping off the Fun. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, don't worry, I'll put a little quack in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but everyone's tripping balls. And um, so the, the electricity went down and um, they said, you know, the oh, oh, Sebastian something is his name. So the, mm. the, the, um, the organizers say, look, keep them busy. You know, just here's a guitar, shove the guitar in his hand, go on stage and do some tunes. Um, and Because like the, none of the acts were there, you know, with the back line <laughs> and all that. And um, so he goes up and he does um, this song that's um, I Had a Dream. Um, Dead Easy Chords actually definitely worth checking out on the old mm -hmm. internet for the chords. Um, okay. Actually, now I say that I'm not. I'll have to. T I'll have to teach you it because there's a couple of nuances that they that are important um, that that I have not found actually. But um, it's a beautiful tune. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's magical. And you can hear the fireworks going off. And you know, with some of those live recordings where you can feel the mug of the heat at night, and yeah. the, uh, you know, and you, and it's just like, oh man, I wish I was there. Yeah. So yeah. that's what it reminded me of your story. Uh -huh. Okay, cool. So yeah, I think at Woodstock, Hendrix played at like six AM or something because of all the yeah. the delays and everything. <laughs> yeah, also there was a, I don't know if you've seen the movie, but there was another guitarist. Oh really? Yeah. And he had this thing over his face, you know, like Prince had that in the in the in the late eighties, he on one you know, for some promotion he had this kind okay. of deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy has that, yeah. So ah. some black dude playing, but you can't hear him on the mm -hmm. recording. Um, uh, but yeah, so that that was uh, that was a pretty good performance, wasn't it? And the Who yeah. were amazing as well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so um, let's get back to me. <laughs> yes, back to you. Back to you. Um, so intimate letters. <laughs> yeah, it's. I don't know because I've been doing things, follow my own path for so long. I hear what you're saying about Bon Iver and that because yeah. actually I think. That's how I discovered the Hannah tuning because yeah. Love is all the guitar, the top two strings are tuned down to C. So I was oh, trying yeah. to learn Skinny Love, but he sings too high, so I don't want to do that because I've learned the hard way not to sing high. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so no more Radiohead covers for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I was mucking with the guitar, and I thought, no, I'll, do, I'll put it back in tune, but I kept the B as the C string. That's actually how I discovered mm -hmm. that tuning. Yeah. Okay. All right. Because you also did, uh, you, I guess you recorded your voice a few times or, or added it a couple of times in some songs. Um, I do backing. Yeah, because I've also yeah. been learning how to backing harmonize yeah. with myself. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. I could, I, I could tell on that album. Yeah, it sounded good. Cheers. Yeah. Um, now, now the intimate letters is. Um, a suite of music. Uh, it's uh, string string quartet by uh, Leos Janáček from who's from Brno. You know Janáček. Ah, yeah. Um, and I I thought okay, you know I had a bunch of songs. It's like I have a big long list of tunes, maybe forty tunes to do, and I gradually whittle it down. Um, and some tunes I can't find a nice arrangement, so they don't. You know I've recorded them. They're in the vaults, but they don't quite work, you know, and there's no B-side, so, no, you know, I can't shovel them out. Um, 
But um, so the day I decided to, to call it, also, so Yanacek, um, he was an old man and he fell in love with a much younger woman. <laughs> which is kind of loud to me yeah, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> honestly and all these things converged it wasn't my plan and um and the day i decided to call it intimate letters i'm at um moran which is a tram stop in the yeah, city yeah 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 and yeah. i turn around and there's a bust of yanacek on the friggin wall yeah i lived on i lived on carlova and i'm yesterday and i for 20 years i've never seen it never saw it and the day i decided <laughs> to do that album I see his face like that, boom, it just pops out. I was like, woo. The sign. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah, you've got it. That's, that's you, Terape, telling me what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah she's giving me signs and wonders. <laughs> um, okay, great. So I'll tell you what, let's get around to it. Let's play the tune. So um, this, um, this tune will be uh, basically premiered on the show, and uh, I will be releasing it maybe the week after. The podcast is out. I'm still figuring out the logistics. Um, so it's going to be the next single. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll play it, and then we can like do a little breakdown. But we're out of time on the Zoom already. <laughs> back on air ah, do you like that we're back on air. <laughs> there's a little red light outside um this total disaster of a of a living room that i have i was <laughs> i was really sick over the weekend yeah and um yeah. isn't it weird that when you're sick um or if you go on holiday or something and you come home 
and the place is a mess. You left, you went up, when you went on holiday, you cleaned up so you didn't have to come home to a messy place. You come home and the place is a mess. And I'm not talking about scousers breaking into your flat either. (laughs) (laughs) Like everything was tickety-boo and then I got sick. And and now I'm looking around going, my God, it's like a pigsty. Yeah. Yeah. I think that happens, you know, when you, sometimes when you spend more time at home, like when you're sick and you just move things around and you don't clean up as much. Yeah. Well, (laughs) You can't you can't be bothered cooking because you're really you go where's the chocolate bars and you're like because you stashed them somewhere where you can't get them easily. <laughs> yeah, this is where my uh, my wife comes in handy. She remembers where everything is. Ah, <laughs> she comes in handy for many more things, but this is one thing she knows where everything is. That that'll come in handy <clears throat> later on. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, so let me uh, cue up the tune.
There we go. That's Shadow of the Mountain by moi, Tree Rock. I'm quite pleased with that. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I, I like it. You know, uh, the it's soft, slow, dreamy start, and then it kind of kicks in with the distorted guitars mm-hmm. and the solo. It's good. It's a nice change. Yes. Uh, yeah. And then the lyrics, I, I like I read through the lyrics. They're really nice lyrics. Like Thank it's, you, it's really, really well written. Um, I, I mean, I can only guess what it could be about, right? But <laughs> the, that one is a bit more. Sometimes I tell a story and I'm yeah. very direct, and sometimes yeah. I'm a bit more abstract. Yeah. I think like this, that's a dream. Yeah. You know, otherworldly kind of vibe. That yeah, the lyrics complement the music at the start. Yeah, yeah, for sure, definitely. And it just, uh, I mean, for me, it reminded me of like uh, with the lyrics and the kind of dreamy transitional period is like going from uh, summer to autumn kind uh-huh. of feel. You know, and then when because you said the shadow of the mountain, it reminds me of like then the sun is setting earlier, so it's yeah. getting darker sooner. And then it kind of yeah, that's the, I thought it was really nice. Yeah, there's um. There's, oh, I don't believe I'm going to talk about the meaning of my lyrics. Uh, <laughs> oh, Bono. Um, no, um, for me, you know, um, I'm very, for this album, I'm really inspired by Slavic folklore, mm-hmm. the, the Witcher, which itself is inspired by Slavic folklore, mm-hmm. particularly Polish. Um, and it for me, it, it doesn't fit in directly with, you know, that universe, but that whole thing where, you know, there's, it's like a Werner Herzog. That's that's when I'm thinking about a video for this song. Mm-hmm. It's like a Werner Herzog movie. You know, you, you one of his early ones where you go into the mountains and maybe you, you take a, a ship over the top of them or something. But um, <laughs> you know, something something spiritual, yeah, worldly. You know, but not you know pagan, not Christian. Yeah, pagan. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just you know, hinting at that kind of thing without getting mm. up my um up my own fundamentals about that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, of course, you know, the model is Dear Prudence, um, you know, which for me, um, the White Album, basically for the last three albums has been, so when you do an album, you have reference tracks because they help you balance your ears for, um, because when you're just working on things on your own, it's very easy to add tons of treble and tons of bass. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. you know, you can lose track of where you are sonically. Um, but also the songs for me inspire and give me a few clues as to solve problems in my own song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, you know, that it's the same sequence all the way through, um, like a Dear Prudence. Um, and actually, again, the, the tuning on that, the G string is tuned down to F sharp to get that extra. So I'm playing two F sharps together. I don't mm-hmm. one on the one what I'm fretting. Um, and it get and again you get with the you get that kind of drone, the spiritual element I guess you know with drone, yeah. and um, and so and then you know and then I started working at all the other parts on stacking on top of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, dear prudence is definitely in the mix, and I like to think when I was programming the drums for the the, the big half that that's Ringo playing the super simple, <laughs> you know, laying it down, you know, just laying it down, <laughs> handed. No, it's good. I like it. It's a good song. Cheers, Bob. Uh, okay. So um, we're at the near the end of the show. 
And yeah. um, this is the bit where um, have you got a couple of questions for me about songwriting or you know any songs that stick <laughs> out for you while you you know on intimate letters or anything like that? Um, yeah, I have some notes, right? I actually told you like when I because Brother Wolf was the first single off the on your album, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I and I like the guitaring in it because it, as I said, it reminds me of a Pixies. All oh, right, okay, right? cool. Uh, like a Pixies kind of riff, and I, and I like the bass as well. Yeah, I love the bass. Uh, part, yeah. yeah, the bass, and you playing the bass? Oh, of course, yeah. I'm a really yeah. bass player. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's right. Yeah, I, I love bass. I love slapping yeah. bass. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, the bass is really cool in 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 uh, Brother Wolf. I really like it. But I remember maybe I I don't remember exactly which song, but. I, Another song that I listened to had really, really cool bass lines in it, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed listening to the whole Intimate Letters, and I actually I wrote down one of the, the sentences you wrote um, in Easy to Love. Uh, oh. Your smile is like the first day of spring. Yeah. It's a really nice lyric. I really like it. I was like, yeah, it's, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I found one of the songs, Berlin, right? Mm. Yeah. And, and I really, I really like the oh, guitar. Oh, night for day. Yeah. Yeah. Again, there's yeah. A, there's a different tuning on the guitar. I think. Yeah. If I remember, mm, I think the top the top E is tuned down to C for that one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, very hard to play live, actually. That one, so I've never done it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> That'll be next time I go and see you. The Any guitar requests? part is surprising. Berlin, <laughs> yeah. please. <laughs> oh, I'll give you free bird instead. You know that'll teach you. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, you know, I, the timing is very hard to to hold down and keep it nice and strict. Okay. And I don't think I do on the actual song. Um, okay. But um, I I like to have some of that organic fluff you know some of those fluff you know not perfectly played bits yeah you know because i want to reward the 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 listener who listens again and again you know like we do to the classics Mm, and mm -hmm. and even now i can hear something new in a in an elvis costello song you know from the 70s yeah a bowie song Mm -hmm. or something yeah um you know and actually with the beatles it's interesting because you i listen to it and think wow they never get away with that now you know like the, the acoustic guitars sounds like a mess but it works, <laughs> you know, emotionally yeah. it works with the mm. it works. And I think that's another problem with modern music is that the engineers have got too much say and this is how you do it. And there's no way yeah. to it. It needs to sound like this. Yeah. I think, well, if it's good enough for you, I, you know, for yeah. Scott, it's good enough for me. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> which I almost got into a row on Reddit. Someone said Ziggy Stardust was badly recorded. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I hope you you were writing in your scouse accent too. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, I mean, no, I had to just go. I just like, all right, I'm not even going to go there, you know, because he said, oh yeah, because Dark Side of the Moon Man is so much better recorded, and I'm like, all right, whatever, you know. Yeah. <laughs> come on, you know, I'm not like Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah, is is a very fine recording, Steely Dan, very fine recordings, but. A recording captures a performance. Yes. Yeah, that's, yeah, the, yeah. that's the other thing it's been missing. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a bunch of, it's not a grid that you have to fill out. Yeah. It's not auto mm. or all that crap. It's a performance. You've got to capture that. Yeah, that's exactly. Good. Go on. Sorry. No, I was going to say, like you said, how Bowie usually came in, did the lyrics in one take, right? Yeah. I bet you Pink Floyd, David Gilmore, or Roger Played Waters during, yeah. uh, they must have done a 20, 30 times each, each yeah. sentence. You know? Now, sometimes that works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but um you know i think dave would rather be out partying <laughs> dragging his <laughs> yeah. way around london and the world <laughs> um than like being a smelly studio with a bunch of hairy ass blokes yeah yeah, um, yeah so but um oh by the way the last track on intimate letters is one take. Yeah. so the guitar is oh, really and yeah. the vocal is one take so there are imperfections um but i thought i'm gonna keep it <clears throat> yeah yeah oh, i like it yeah for sure it adds character right because when you record it's a bit like jenga and you're like mm -hmm. you can go oh i'll just tweak this one thing and the whole thing collapses it's yeah really yeah, strange yeah. how fragile a mix or an yeah. arrangement can be and so are you doing it all at your place yeah 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 and you have like uh i don't know eight track Thing or, or um, what do you I, I don't know this is a long time since i've i've seen or oh, use one of these um so now tape um tape's too expensive so i'm using my mm -hmm. macintosh you know mm -hmm. my, my mac mini actually um yeah. and and mostly this mic for for the vocals and uh, okay. acoustic guitars and percussion and stuff mm -hmm. um okay so i play recorder yeah. and penny whistle ah. Like David Bowie playing recorder, yeah. Yeah, we didn't talk about David Bowie's saxophone and penny whistle. Yeah, he plays saxophone too, right? Yeah, and penny whistle on uh, Moon Age Daydream. Again, all those takes he did in one go. Yeah, so, he imagine him just walking to the studio. Yeah, my tempo, blah, blah, blah. off he goes. <laughs> all right, see you guys. Right, no, no pressure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was going to say, because you've written hundreds of songs, right? So uh, mm -hmm. like, um, do you ever get writer's block or any of these things? I don't believe do in writer's just... block. Okay. So whenever you just think of something, you just write it down and you can automatically think of a tune for it or. Yeah. So, um, so basically I've got acoustic guitars are all over the place. Um, yeah. And when the computer, the spinning beach ball is doing something, cause I, you know, watching computers do things is boring. Um, yeah. I'll just pick up my axe and, um, and I'll sometimes I'll forget the tuning, you know, and I'll just go and make an, have an accident yeah, and, and it'll be a happy accident. Yeah. And then yeah. I, I record everything on my, now on my iPhone yeah. and I have a rule where, okay, I'll lay down some chords. I have to do a melody and then I can hit mm -hmm. stop. Okay. <clears throat> because otherwise you've got, you've just got pretty chords. Um, yeah. So I go, you know, okay. and sometimes, it, yeah. yeah, you know, I'll try and sing like a, a pastiche of Bowie or Dylan, yeah. you know, and cry, <laughs> it'll come out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and I do a couple of passes and if I like it, I'll continue it. Okay. But this year I've only written a handful of songs because I am, I'm producing music for the album. Yes. Um, it's a different kind of part of my brain. So I'm doing string sections and trying to think of interesting mm. parts for the the rock band and all that, you know. Mm. Um, when I do get around to having a band, I want them to enjoy playing the parts, you know. Yeah. Not just like, oh, hey, you know, he's, he's DC and G and whatever, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when is that going to happen? Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, because um, I, I would mm. like to get good musicians and pay them. Um mm. I go on tour. I'm a, I'm pretty sick of playing little cafes and bars on my own. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah. Kind, of, I kind of had enough of it. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I'm going through my Beatles phase where I'm just recording. Okay, <laughs> sending it out to to people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, I've done my Shea Stadium. <laughs> uh, O2 Arena. Yeah. yeah. Next. <laughs> 
Um, I, I'll make a promise now. I will never play O2 Arena. I guarantee you. That's my promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Lucerna <laughs> is the biggest venue I want to do. You know, so you can get in contact. Lucerna is cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not it's not too big, but big enough. Yeah. yeah. Or uh, Shepherd's Bush, the uh, the Empire. And that. Oh, Shepherd's Bush Empire. Yeah, I saw a few bands there. I saw Silverchair there. Uh huh. <laughs> Shepherd's Bush, Australian. There's a, a strains everywhere in Shepherd's Bush. Is that? <laughs> I, I saw Supergrass there for the nth time. And mm -hmm. um, the support band was Ad N2X. Do you know who they are? No. All no. right. So it was basically a drummer, a guy playing antique synthesizers before they were trendy because it's the 90s, and, uh, and, a, and a girl with a theremin who would sing like, Aah! and they played this mental heavy metal synthesizer instrumental stuff. Check wow. it out on YouTube. It's, it'll be in the show notes. Yeah, it's really but, interesting. Yeah, okay. really interesting. Not remotely commercial. And I, yeah. And I came out of the show, and uh, they, someone were handing out flyers to try to promote the band. And it said, and it just said on the floor, who the F was that just playing? <laughs> I was like, yeah, add n x Yeah, super cool. Oh, that's cool, because I like that, because they're always good musicians, you know. Mm -hmm. If you have a, a mixture of uh, jazz and metal, like, when I've seen some bands like this that you can tell that they're really good musicians mm. and when they put it together and it's played live, it's incredible. Um, I saw recently at the, this festival a band called Black Midi, I mm. believe. Similar to that, like really good musicians and it went from something slow to like almost like metal, but you can tell they're kind of like classical musicians playing these things. So awesome. it's, it's really cool. interesting. Um, I'll make a note. <clears throat> yeah. I think I'm pretty sure they're called MIDI, Black MIDI. like computer MIDI, yeah. Yeah, M I D I, I believe. Black MIDI, yeah. <clears throat> I think the singer, he's I, I think he was Irish, maybe. Uh, he sounded a bit Irish. I'm not sure, but yeah. Um, I had something facetious to say, but I won't in case. <laughs> <laughs> the Irish don't forget. I should know that. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Yes, where were we? Oh, oh, yeah, so I don't have tape. However, yeah. um, the technology now is so amazing. You get, um, you can actually get um, plugins and um, they are synthetic representations of analog equipment. Right. Um, particularly Trident Studios, which is where Ziggy Stardust and um, where Ken Scott works. So Ziggy Stardust was on there, so was Hunky Dory. Mm -hmm. um, and Trident Studios was the one that had that that phone. And Ken Scott has an interesting story about that phone in the book. I'll let you discover it. Yeah. Okay. All you right. know the phone at the end? It's at the end of um, yeah. Quicksand, is it? Yeah, the phone. That, uh, yeah, so uh, Rick Wakeman's playing away at the end of one of the tunes, isn't he? Yeah. Honky um, mm -hmm. And then this phone rings. Do you remember? And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. then it cross-cuts into the next track, uh, which is Andy Wall. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's a good story about that. Yeah. So that's mm -hmm. Triton Studios, and it had this beautiful desk that was unique, and um, and then you can also get plugins that copy the EMI stuff. It's it's and they're cheapest chips by and large now. It's quite it's very affordable. In fact, it's too affordable. You can go metal like oh, really good have, mm -hmm. you know this desk <laughs> that Pink Floyd used in 1966. You know, um, <laughs> but it's brilliant because. It all those layers builds up and you get a really nice vibe, 
you know, like mm. you would yeah. in the old days, like in tape. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. So um, so so that's that. Yeah, I'll stop because I can talk forever about all that stuff. But um, no, it's okay. But, but it, for me, nevertheless, the the. So what I do is for every album, I create a studio. So I'll go, okay, I'm going to have a small space because virtual space for this, for this, I'll have a bigger space for drums. And then I've got, um, I'm using the London symphony or orchestra samples in many tracks now. And, mm -hmm. um, Jesus web, that stuff sounds bang on. It's none of that mm. cheesy, you know, um, X files sounding stuff from a DX. <laughs> yeah. It's like, whoa, that sounds like a cello. That really sounds like, you know, uh, an oboe. It's phenomenal. So I'm loving playing with that. Mm -hmm. And um, so, I'll, like, I'll create basically a couple of rooms. I'll say, I'm going to use this brand of tape because you can do that. So I'll say, I'm going to use this tape. I'm going to use this desk. And I'm always using the Trident desk. Um, and and I keep it very restricted. I'll have two reverbs, a plate reverb on a, a spring, and they're going to be these ones. And I, I like the restrictions like in the old days with the, you know, cause you couldn't afford to have everything. Mm. And that means I can get on with being creative rather than farting around with all the technology. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can kind of uh, concentrate on the main part. Yeah. So say <clears throat> shadow of the mountain, the vocal mm. is double tracked. Yeah. yeah. I am double tracking vocals like in the old days. Um, yeah. And the, the lead vocal is, is dry, no effects. Yeah. And then the second vocal is wet. And I think that was when I was trying to copy the Let's Dance reverb. I didn't get mm -hmm. there, but I found something else, which is nice. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah you always discover new things, right? Um, and some of the other effects, particularly the guitar solo, is actually mm. pedals. So I was playing yeah. live, and then I was on the delay. I, I was just twisting it so it would go, brrr, you know, and get all mm -hmm. that cool retro feeling. So that's totally organic. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I like the solo in it and the distortion the distortion in the guitar was really cool. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's um, part it reminded me. Yeah. It reminded me of Flaming Lips. Uh huh. Right. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, because I was going for a kind of Indian vibe, wasn't I? I, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, true. Uh, yeah. Because I do like some Indian music um, from the seventies and that. Because the yeah. guy in my Vishnu Orchestra, John McLaughlin absolute genius he then after my Vishnu work just split up he then got a bunch of indian guys together got mm -hmm. a guitar with sympathetic strings in so it drones and created a band called shakti and definitely that's going in the show notes because you listen yeah, to that please. and levitate okay more indian music <laughs> with acoustic guitar and um el shankar ravi shankar's cousin on violin Woo! that'll blow your mind it, it's mm -hmm. oh, goosebumps again. It's absolutely mega. And then he did Passion, Grace, and Fire with Paco de Lucia and Alda Miola. Uh, you know Paco de Lucia, the flamenco guy? Yeah, he's a flamenco god. Um, mm -hmm. and, and again, whoosh, took music to another level, you know? Yeah. Um, flamenco? You mean flamenco Spanish? Yeah, flamenco. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. Paco de Lucia was um, uh, yeah, okay. the most, world's most famous flamenco player, and he died maybe okay. five years ago. I okay. actually saw him live. Mm -hmm. Uh, in Liverpool. He's must be an amazing guitarist, man. But. Yeah, yeah. You see, there's a live movie, uh, live uh, live in San Francisco, and mm -hmm. there's, um, there's Paco Lucia with, uh, oh, Larry Coriel, who's garbage, but um, and John McLaughlin. But those two mm -hmm. guys working off each other, they're looking at each other going, yeah, check this out, yeah, and they'll go, Poof. yeah. And it, wow. it's not just technique, it's beautiful playing, it's great. <laughs> oh, man, you know? yes. 
It's not just I, I remember, about Malmsteen stuff, you know. No, no, man. I remember being in Seville and going to these yeah. flamenco clubs, mm. right? And these guys playing guitars and then the girl dancing. That there's so much emotion. They're mm. so talented. There's that they absolutely. There's so much passion. You can yeah. tell that they're they're in another world when they're playing and they're and they're, they're emotional and they're feeling it. And it was incredible. Uh, it was uh, yeah, incredible experience. Um, yeah, actually, the album is called Passion, Grace, and Fire. Um, mm-hmm. I'll just make a note. Um, yeah, so John McLaughlin, absolutely phenomenal mm-hmm. musician. Um, and I'm, and actually, he has a training video on how to learn Indian conical, which is because they, they don't have time signatures. They have phrases. And they, mm-hmm. they learn to sing them before they're allowed to touch their instrument. Um so I'm just going to mess it up now, but you go, ba, ba, ti, ba, da, and da, 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 da. And basically there's only five patterns. Mm. From that, they string it all together in these very long sequences. Wow. It's um, simple, and but you can go somewhere else. And I want to, I need to study music a bit again. You know, I need to freshen up. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Um, I definitely want, I've got, I've got the video here. I need to check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and did you did you study music? Yeah, I yeah. studied jazz uh, near Penny yeah. Lane. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, and actually, I was in a heavy metal band doing ACDC covers. Oh really? Um, <laughs> as a bass player, um, and um, it, we almost everything was ACDC, and we did one. Um, oh, who's that other Australian band? Um, Tattoo Rose. Oh, Rose Tattoo. Rose Tattoo. That was the one. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, that guy's a. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What was his name? He had you know, he had this funny name, didn't he? Yeah, because he was covered in tattoos. Yeah. This is before tattoos were, exactly. were like a yeah. fashion statement, right? Um, yeah. Angry, okay. is it angry and then angry Anderson. Yeah, I and Angry Anderson, that was on it. Yeah. Yeah. And then he did a ballad, certainly enough, for neighbors. Mm-hmm. Remember? Mm-hmm. And he got pilloried. Yeah. You know, like I bet he was laughing all the way to the bank, you know. Yeah, album, yeah, of course. He was a legend, man. He was he was such a sweet guy. All oh, right, <laughs> yeah. And he had he used to hit the microphone. He had a shaved head back. Yeah. Then, no one had shaved heads, did he? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Smashed the microphone into his head, and you know, cuts and all this. Yeah. Um, so Mad we did man. we did ACDC covers, and um, the first show I did um, was over in Birkenhead, where um, Ian Asprey's from, the singer in the Cult. He's okay. Not, and strictly, that's not Scouse, by the way. It's like over the water, we say, because it's over the water. Yeah, yeah, that was my posh accent. Um, (laughs) Yeah, because it's on the other side of the Mersey. But you know, ah, right. He's um, he's he can be an honorary scouser if he wants to be. But um, (laughs) so we we went into took the gear. Oh my god, running so long. Um, we took the took the gear into the the venue in the afternoon, and it was rough as pie. The it was a biker's place because we were playing Mm -hmm. loads of rough places all around. You know, doing rock music. And, yeah, of course. <laughs> and my first show in the afternoon as we set up, they're dragging some guy out and his nose is broken and there's blood everywhere. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to die. I was like, skinny little 18 year old with my bass. Um, but then I discovered that if you're in the band and you kick ass, you can actually get some kudos, you know. And um, Yeah, you probably get the, everyone taking care right. of you. Yeah, yeah. We're, honestly, I could tell you some mental stories playing around Liverpool with that. Band. Oh, man, I bet. But what was funny is we were all studying jazz. So we do jazz, <laughs> like Joe Pass licks and things during the day. And then we do the heavy metal at night. Yeah. 
it was, it was a very good education, musical education, yeah, but rounded, yeah, yeah. rounded education. Yeah, but if you can play, you can play rock and metal and jazz. Uh, you know, yeah. that that's you, you got to have a talent for it. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was interesting. Definitely, yeah, uh, another another well kind of deal. Um, <laughs> all right, so um, I have got I have a question for you. Yeah, and then we'll wrap up. Okay. After this epic, epically short, I promised you it'd be short, and we're running into. Uh, it's okay. I, it's all right. I've enjoyed um, it. It's yeah, it's been great. It's great. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I'm sure we'll have you back. Um, so, um, do you get the royal we there? I was pretending I'm a professional outfit. <laughs> yeah. All right. I've got two questions back to Bowie. Okay. Here's a here's a, a warm up question, then I got a slightly. One you might not expect. So the the warm up question, I think you know your answer is, what is Bowie's perfect album? No flat songs on it. Ziggy Stardust. Mm -hmm. that, 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 yeah, that's my favorite. I mean, I do absolutely love Aladdin Sane as well. Yeah, and I think Hunky Dory is amazing too. But for me, Ziggy Stardust. Yeah, yeah. every song, every song that takes you on a journey. The whole album, there's like this long do you, do you journey. Song called is, is that got a song called Dylan? Some for Dylan is that or is that Hunky Dory? No, I think that might be Hunky Dory. There's one track on Ziggy sure. that I there's always one track for me. There's always one, yeah, yeah. Um, which one? Oh, it ain't easy. I don't really like it, ain't easy. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a big size, <laughs> you know, it's, it's the worst song in the world. Like, that's <laughs> off to Roy Harper, which is totally ruins Led Zeppelin 3, but um. Yeah, yeah, it ain't know. easy. Yeah, uh, it ain't easy. I'm not mad on it. Yeah, but oh. got like then. Then at the end, you got like Suffragette City and Rock and yeah. Roll Suicide, man. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm such a fussy bugger. That's where I write songs. Because <laughs> like, um, I saw the Jesus and Mary chain on TV, and at the time, I was writing poetry because that's something teenage boys did. Of, well, writing songs is poetry, man. You're, you know, when you not really because. Yeah. Um, People hate poetry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but when you put some guitar to it, everyone loves it, you know. Yeah, they do say that, yeah. But um, I actually have a thing that lyrics don't matter, to tell you the truth, and I have a video about it on one of my other channels. Yeah. Um, people get a bit upset. But anyhow, and I saw the Jesus Mary chain, and they were, like, droning along. And um, and the drummer just had a snare drum. He's hitting. I thought, what a load of pretentious wank. And um, lots of beeps now. So, um, <laughs> and... Then there was an interview with him and their scouts. And um, the singer said, well, if you don't like us, write your own songs. And I thought, I will. I'll show you. <laughs> I will write my own songs. <laughs> don't tell me to write my own songs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, and I can't, that's kind of where it started, I think, just um, mm -hmm. doing it out of spite. But uh, yeah. it turned into a positive thing, of course. Very yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So there's the, there's the lowball question. Yeah. Okay. I should have just said, watch the perfect David Bowie album and why is it Ziggy Stardust? Um, yeah. <laughs> all right, what, what is your favourite cut on Ziggy? My favourite cut? Mm. Like my favourite song? On that on that album, yeah. Uh, maybe Lady Stardust. Oh, yes! <laughs> I, I really you remember I, that, yeah? My Lady yeah. Stardust story? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it's just an amazing, beautiful song. No, I mean, I, I go, hey, go, please. No, I, I really like Ziggy Stardust itself as well. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, Ziggy played guitar, you know. Uh, but yeah, I think Lady Stardust. Yeah. 
Um, the chord sequence in that is is good to let it's worth learning. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it, it kind of keeps changing all the way through till it gets to the chorus. Yeah, yeah. It's a brilliant song yeah. that. And I remember yeah, you came is. to one of my shows and. And I said, oh, no one's going to know this. And of course, you knew it. You said, everybody <laughs> knows that. And everyone else talking at us arguing. Like, what are they talking about? Who doesn't yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I love that too. Yeah. And yeah. Like, I, like, I like those, you know, Lady Green and Soul and, um, on Alan Sane. And um, what's mm. the other ballady one? Um, oh. On Ziggy? Uh, on Aladdin Sane. Um, oh, Aladdin Sane. I've, I've wrote it down. Pretty oh, I love, far, pretty I love, uh, yeah. well, you know, Aladdin saying I love Gene Genie. Yeah. Now it has like this attitude to it. It's good. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, something clicked. I was listening to, um, Rolling Stones, um, Brown Sugar. Yeah. And the, the horn section at the end is the same as Gene Genie. I, th- I think it, it's Gene Genie or Suffragette City. Ah, uh-huh, yeah. And I think David copied that. Yeah. Okay. Think, you know, the Stones were first. And I was like, oh, yeah, there we go. They're, they're doing, you know, because mm-hmm. messages to each other through the records, yeah. By the way, did you see um, David and Mick Jagger singing for Live Aid? Uh, Dancing in the Street? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was a sensation, yeah, it was man. really good. That was so good. Yeah. Yeah, it was Bowie and his, I remember what he was wearing in that yeah. very 80s kind of That's suit. But, uh, and he was doing a pastiche of himself a bit, wasn't he? You know, like, yeah, yeah, he was. Still. And um, but that that live aid, wow, I could talk about that because, you know, I saw it live, um, you know, oh, wow. on telly because I was only 13 yeah. or 14. Yeah, yeah, but, um, yeah. Woo, that was an experience. That was probably the last yeah. gasp of rock and roll. Was, it, was that also, did they also play uh, Under Pressure then or that was separate with Queen? Yeah, yeah. David, also- I think, came on stage for that with Queen, yeah. yeah. That was yeah. Queen's big comeback, wasn't it? Um, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and then they followed it up with It's a Kind of Magic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not one of their best songs, yeah. <laughs> oh, the whole album. Once you start getting cartoon animals into your videos, just... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so we've got two and a half minutes left. I'm going to try and finish on time here. So all right. next one is, what song by Bowie hits you so hard, makes you want to break down and cry? Um and you have to switch it off. I don't know. I don't know if it uh, change, changes maybe. Uh-huh. Change. Yeah, that has like, I don't know, more, it has good kind of mood, good feel to it. But uh, still, again, maybe that's why I really like Lady Stardust. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. I think for some reason... <laughs> I probably, apart from Burt Bacharach songs, <laughs> um, yeah, I love Burt Bacharach, man. Yeah. Particularly with Dionne Warwick. Um, and I'm like, I'm a very sentimental yeah. person. Um, yeah. And loads of Bowie songs have made me cry. And Two yeah. Cooks, for very personal reasons, I've always, always done my head in, you know. Oh, man. You know, because you just hear the love for his yeah. boy. You yeah, know? that's true. Maybe um, even rock and roll suicide. That's a good one. Uh huh. Yeah. Now I just realised Duncan Jones is his son, isn't he? Back yeah. There's oh, it's like a stand-up comedy. The, Come all the way back to the beginning. Yeah, he's a he's a good. Uh, yeah, he's a good director. Uh, director. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's brilliant. I really like. Yeah. Him. D- Duncan is a Duncan uh, Zoe Bowie. Huh. Uh huh. 
Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> I, I, it's a word I read, so I thought because I say Bowie, I still I can't stop myself. Saying. Yeah, I don't. I know. I don't know if it's Bowie or Bowie. I thought, so, I thought it was Zooey Bowie or something. <laughs> Zooey Bowie. Sorry, he's changed it. Anyway. So I, I, I mean, like, you could be right. I don't know. Yeah. You're, you're the Englishman here, not me. Um, Even though you're from I'm a the Scouser, world. yeah, it's more like. <laughs> <laughs> like uh hans 52 varieties kind yeah. of englishman um, yeah all right but maybe to answer that i think i think the whole i think to put it to finish up the whole ziggy stardust album does it to me i mm-hmm. when i when i i need to listen to the whole album from start to finish not mixed up not yes not random songs and needs to be from the first song to the last song because it's a movie because it has story yes, it is yeah. it is it is yeah um, I totally feel like we're going to get cut off now. So yeah. I'm going to finish and say you've been okay. a great guest. And, uh, Thanks for having me. I'll be it's inviting been, you back. Yeah, we've got plenty yeah, yeah. of tangential things to yeah, talk about. Yeah, I've got much more to talk about, so definitely. All right. So have a good one. And, <laughs> you too, um, mate. And uh, see you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. For sure. Thanks, mate. Bye. <laughs> put out the light Then put out the light is the moon a dream I love you Like the press candle flame It's so unfair now Put out the light Then put out the light Eyes closed and slip from stream A place in time A place in mine All my love Is now here to not So I put out the light I mean I was I, I was expecting up to two hours, right? Okay, yeah, tops. <laughs> <laughs>